Hey, Wonderfuls, welcome to episode 439 of the JV Club with my marvelous guest, Darcy Rose Burns. If you are a Legend of Korra fan, you already know that Darcy did the voice of the delightful Iki. That is one of Tenzin's more rambunctious daughters. And it was so great connecting with her. She is incredibly talented in so many different ways. Very inspiring, extremely smart, a little intimidating, but I embrace it. And I know you will, too. Listen to the episode. I hope you enjoy it. And I also hope you plan to enjoy the Maximum Fun block party that is going to be starting next week. It is going to be super fun. It is an opportunity for you to sort of tell a friend or an enemy, as I like to say, about a show that you like. Listen, it's a way for everyone to bond and heal. Get new friends into the podcast, but more importantly, just have a fun sort of communal community experience with the Max Fun Network. If you are a member already, you know what I'm talking about. It's the best! And we're going to be doing some fun events around that, and I don't know, you just got to check it out. So keep your ears and eyes peeled for next week. I am, again, delighted to see you. This is that I, I'm really going to try to avoid doing that thing that I know that people do when they're slightly older and only slightly older than someone else. And it's been a minute and they are like, oh, my gosh, look at you. You're all grown up. You're like, so big. <laughs> I remember when you wet your pants not six years ago and everyone was laughing at you. Everyone was laughing it was so funny we have a photo book to commemorate it <laughs> so we're just gonna pretend like no time has passed sure, yes. i feel i look the same and i'm not you much taller look, you just look uh you look fabulous and you know it's not like you you know you weren't like a tiny child yeah. you were a little younger was. <laughs> <laughs> i was a wee thing when you and I met, how old were you? I was probably 10 or 11. Okay. Yeah. It was right. uh, It was my first series. I had done a commercial, uh, for a voiceover, I had done a commercial yeah. string before that, but it was uh, Cora and then Sophia the first back to back. So it was, it was the first. Oh, yeah. that's great. I feel like maybe I even knew that because that was like, it was very exciting and cool. And mm. also it was my first voiceover full series yeah. as well. So I feel like we were both like, this is kind of amazing, right? Yeah. It Guys, was such a cool cute. experience. This is so fun. Yeah. I know, I know. Well, how much um, like acting, theater and, and other stuff had you been doing outside of when you got the commercial stuff yeah. and when you were doing Cora? Uh, well, so I, I've been working since I was nine months old. Uh, so. Yeah, <laughs> my then obvious just came out with the stethoscope. Hello, my baby. <laughs> uh, I yeah, my first audition was in the womb. I didn't get it Great. because I was too old. Welcome to Hollywood. You're a woman. Oh, Enjoy. That is a beautiful <laughs> thing to be able to say, though. I mean, right. that is really a, a good one liner. Yeah, yeah, and it's funny because it's true. Um, young. What and the was rest- your mom auditioning for? It was it was a sonogram. It was I think Beverly Hills nine hundred two and They needed a sonogram. And I oh was just God. a couple weeks too That old. is amazing. <laughs> so it wasn't even, 
I mean, I at least expect you to say, you know, well, they wanted a pregnant woman for this Kodak commercial. I don't even think Kodak was around anymore. Yeah, uh, was. You know, but like I wasn't, but my mom's, you know, her tummy wasn't quite protrusive enough, but it wasn't even no, that. It, it was, was literally, literally you, you tiny little jelly bean, yeah. you, you as a sonogram were not old enough. Yeah. Apparently when they, when they <laughs> got the first sonogram, my first sonogram, they didn't know what to put on it because they didn't, they hadn't thought of it. So my dad just scribbled baby's first headshot. Oh, oh no. These are the parents we're dealing with, everyone. Yes. People with a sense of humor who yes. know the biz. Oh, absolutely. Well, apparently I would stare at you until you looked at me and then smile. Um, so, and like watch commercials and I'd be like, I do it better. And my mom's like, how do you know it's, how do you know they're doing anything? They're on the TV. Like what? Um, yeah. But so, genetics. Yeah, genetics. So after that, you know, Young and the Restless, I was on that for about five years, uh, Abby Carlton. Um and, you know, I just got, I kept working all the way. I did theater the entire time as well, which was absolutely yeah. lovely. That's good for you, right? Don't you think? That's like yes. a good, that's a good different kind of experience of show, show personship and like, I mean, be on a soap. Mm. Heck, that seems like really hard. What was that like? I, I'm so sorry. You probably get asked this all the time, but somehow in living here as many years <laughs> as I have, Everyone I know is like all in comedy mm, or yeah. in VO or whatever. I've never had a friend who was on a, a soap opera. So hey. I've never had a friend until you that I could ask and say, wow, that sounds like really hard, maybe super fun and challenging in the sense that like yeah. you just got to turn stuff around. Your brain gets mm -hmm. really like live and agile being able to sort of, you know, memorize all those lines so quickly and stuff. But tell me about it. Yeah. If you don't mind. No, absolutely. Um, oddly enough, I don't get asked about that too much because now that I'm older, I think people don't always know that I was Abby. I get that. Like I was on Desperate good. Housewives as well. I was Penny. And then I'll get people that are like, that's Penny. Or like when Big Shot, when the, the music happened and I wrote the first queer love song for Disney, they're like, hey guys, by the way, that's Amber from Sophia the First. And people are like, what? So that happens. So that's kind of cool. Um, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. It's kind of funny. Um, but I always say that the soap opera was the best training I could have ever had because it was you know I started theater when I was three and that's good training on its own but the soaps are so different I started that when I was four almost five and you know you you do a show a day uh with the case of Bold and the Beautiful because I was on both uh you do sometimes two shows a day just kind of depends on the work schedule because that's a half hour wow. um you know my first I I worked with Eric Braden and for a lot of my stuff and having him be my like primary scene partner and then Eileen and Dawn like I just it was a master class yeah. every single day and I remember as far as like memorizing like I would get the lines I think maybe the night before maybe two nights before since That's I was little bonkers. I don't remember um, but I remember there was one scene where they kept changing the lines because they they were trying to decide how the scene should be shot and it was this monologue of me talking to my grandfather who's dying and currently in a coma and wow yeah and I kept being called to either aside the camera or up into, we would call it the heaven, but like it's the booth, you know, because it sounds like the voice is just coming from down. Darcy Rose to the booth, uh -huh. please. It's like, <laughs> okay. Oh my gosh. Um, and I kept getting like different rewrites and I had the time it took me to get from the booth to the set to learn it or the Ooh. side of the camera to the set to learn it. Um, yeah. And it was always. So someone wasn't coming to you. You were having to go to them. Correct. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Well, at least for the booth. I, I don't remember if the one on the stage, I think the one on the stage, I went to them because it was like from 
where I was standing to the camera because yeah. they were just like right there, like Darcy Rose, come yeah. here. Um, yeah. But it was always like slight variations. Like it wasn't like here's a completely different monologue. It's like here change these three words and then this phrase. Isn't that put the it, worst? That's so hard. But that's why it was the best training. Like it I had to do that all training. the time. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And so, <laughs> and so you would sometimes go over. Was there? Uh, I mean. You don't even have to tell me which one, but was or, or not so much about like which soap you liked better, but maybe which character you played or sort of which arcs you enjoyed more. That's the interesting um, thing. It was the same character. Yeah. Uh, it was the same character. You're blowing my mind right now. I don't know anything about any of this. Yeah. So what happened was the lady who was playing my mom, Eileen Davidson, she went over to the Bold and the Beautiful as the That's same so character. And in order okay. to make sure that neither parent seemed like a bad parent, they had me ping pong back and forth. So for like maybe oh, two years, I was the heavens. CBS ping pong ball. And I just uh-huh. kind of kept popping in between shows. And sometimes I would do both shows in the same day. And apparently somehow that got out that I did both The Bold and the Beautiful and The Young and the Restless in the same day. And I had a woman ask me at a, a convention. She was like, what's it like to fly to Wisconsin and shoot Young and the Restless and then come back to L.A. and shoot Bold and the Beautiful? Oh, no. And I just thought about it for a second. And I was like... It's rough, you know, but you do what you got to do. You know, I do it for you. Keep that <laughs> suspension of disbelief alive. I had to. It was so sweet. I was like, I'm not going to oh, ruin this. I can't. That's so funny. I'm yeah. really glad you didn't have to do that. That would yeah. be super intense. It was. It was uh, right down the, down the stage. I, we would pass prices Right and just walk down to the other room. It was like right there. It was easy. Nice. Yeah. Did you and did you would you have like a set teacher who would kind of come with you on those days? I mean, I'm getting real inside baseball here, but you know that I actually don't remember. I had a one primary set teacher. I was usually the only kid on Young and the Restless. Um, I think I had I had I think each show. Yeah, because Bold and Beautiful had a couple more kids usually. So there was a separate set teacher for each show. But I do remember um, at one point the set teacher from the young and the restless actually going over to the bold and the beautiful because there was something about hours and schooling or something and she was like nope she already did it with me she's done blah 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 so they kind of had to there was some crossover because i was crossing over um i think the first show the first show of the day was responsible for the teaching i think was how it worked Um, gotcha but and did you but if you're doing it that often like were you ever in a regular school I, this really shows. I was this is why I don't do my homework because I'm learning all of this. <laughs> I love it. I know it sounds. I know it seems like I'm super unprofessional and I just don't know what I'm talking about and I should know more. But this is what's <laughs> exciting. This is what's young and restless and bold and beautiful about my podcast. Don't you see, Darcy Rose? I do. I do. It's so much better than the young and the rest of us, which is what we're sometimes called. <laughs> That's right. uh, yeah. I so I I was in regular school up until um second halfway through second grade. Here's some more one liners for you. I graduated Great. college as a baby. Uh one of the Great. mommy and me classes that my mom did was at a college. So I was a college <laughs> graduate. A, we gotta get you up to the Poconos, but we also need to get you back to like nineteen fifty. Yes. For some of these one liners. Yes. I, well I think mwah. most of my routine would probably I would shock the nineteen fifties crowd. I would open okay, my mouth well, and they'd be like, what? Why are you saying these <laughs> things, you young child? And I'm just saying, you know, jokes that get Tom Kenny to swear at me uh, repeatedly. Uh, that's, oh, I like that. Yeah. I like many that. Many dirty, dirty jokes and songs. Uh, school. We were talking about school. Yeah. Um, I was, yeah, I was in regular school for like half a minute. Uh, we left, though, because I was constantly out because I was a serious writer on The Young and the Restless for the bulk of my childhood and the school was mad that I kept missing classes 
which didn't make any sense to my parents because I was usually the only kid on set, which meant I had a dedicated set teacher who was who had to be able to teach from first grade to 12th grade as opposed yeah. to being like one of 30. Right, right. And I mean, and it was a lot of fun because like I, I was in a, a split the first year um, for the deaf and hard of hearing. Uh, and if there wasn't enough kids, they would let the hearing kids in. So I kind of learned sign language and second grade at the same time as oh, first that's grade. really cool. Yeah, it was great. But then when it came time to second grade, um, there was more deaf and hard of hearing kids. So they split um, all the other kids up into separate second grades instead of one second grade. So I was bored out of my mind because I was like, I already did this last year. Because when I would be yeah. when I was done with the first grade math, I would go and I would say, what are you doing? Oh, division. OK, let me do that now. And I would just move on because I was going yeah. faster. Um, and they didn't want me to get too far ahead, they said. Um, they were like, no, we don't want you to buy the book because we don't want her to get too far ahead. And my mom was like, that doesn't make any sense. She's not learning sign language anymore. And they don't want her to learn at her own pace. Goodbye. And so, yeah, I mean, I tested out. Yeah. I, I, I went I think I skipped, I went to third grade, I think, and I just, and I tested out when I was 15. I just kind of kept going. But schooling on The Young and the Restless was fantastically odd because I was the only kid, so she would go at my own pace and what made sense for me. So, like, for math and stuff, we would be learning poker. Like That's awesome. And except Eileen's husband was um, a poker champion. And we couldn't remember, this was, like, before everyone had a computer in their pocket, or at least, like, a easily, like, obviously a computer. Um, sure. So we couldn't remember if a flush was straight or something like that. So we called um, Patty in hair and makeup because Patty knows everything. Head of, uh-huh. head of makeup, so you call Patty, of course. Uh, awesome. But she didn't know, so she called Eileen, who then called her husband in the middle of a tournament. And said, what pizza what? Uh, the the six-year-old in the studio is playing <laughs> poker. So, And it was televised, too. So <laughs> there's that. That's amazing. Yeah. It was math. It was math. It was math. Well, it was. It was math. Yeah. Calm down. It was math. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's really, I mean, you're, what you're bringing up about public school or about private school or even just about any sort of st- structure yeah. that is that has its system, you know, it's like there's so... There's, I feel like that happens really often, right? Like that, that there's that sort of like you broke my brain kind of thing. Like, yeah. well, hold on, because we do it like this, and like we're having trouble even comprehending how you're doing it. It's like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Rather than like, ideally, you want there to be a situation where there's a flexibility and the kind of understanding of like, yeah, I mean, she's working professionally. She's also a great learner and a super smart kid, and. Oh. Like, you don't have to, you know, you don't have to go like, wait, hold on. Let me look at the rule. Like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I get it. But I, at the same time, it's it's just kind of a shame because it's like, I don't know, especially in a city like this, you would think that something could feel a little more harmonious than, yeah. than like, what? You know? Yeah. I mean, but, it's, I, I can, I, in some ways I can see their, um, what the problem is. I mean, if you're one of 30, it's kind of hard to wrap your head around how each kid learns differently. But that's why we left. It's like, this doesn't, this doesn't make any sense. When I was, when I was going to test out of high school, I had to do um, two years of math I hadn't had yet. And so I went to a a private tutor, Lily. Hi, Lily. And uh, shout out to Lily. Shout out to Lily. And like, she would, like, we would just be learning Chinese at the same time because I was my cousin um, married a woman from China they had a little baby and I wanted to speak Mandarin for her and she spoke Mandarin so we would be kind of flip-flopping back and forth between doing math but like doing it in Mandarin 
or like then playing our favorite songs when the other kids have left uh, their tutors. And we're like, we're alone now. Okay, put Mama Juan back on. And then like doing the math, <laughs> you know, she gave me my Chinese name and stuff as well. So I, I just, and I like, I like learning and I don't, cause like this, apparently the school only gets paid if you're in class and the, the mm. Young and the Restless was trying to be nice and schedule me like every other day so that I wouldn't miss as much school. And I guess that doesn't work with their format or something. So it just, yeah. it didn't work for anyone on all fronts, but like, I like learning and I still learn, like I went to conservatory. I went to RADA after I tested out for Shakespeare and Patsy at Michael Howard for Shakespeare and UCB for improv. Like I like learning stuff. Um, but I remember when I was first in school, in, in regular school, the subject I hated the most was was English and writing mm. because you would like write something and they'd be like, oh, your E is facing the wrong way. I'd be like, okay. And like <laughs> I didn't and I was left handed and no one taught me how to hold a pencil. So my hand would yeah. hurt like a lot after sure. the day was over. Um, and for it took a while to realize that handwriting and writing are two separate things. They didn't yes, want me to learn indeed. cursive. And my set teacher was like, her brain's going too fast for her hand. Teacher cursive. They said, no, that's, she doesn't do that yet. So my mom went, oh, okay, right. teacher cursive. And then yeah. same thing with typing. They're like, she can't type yet. And my mom was like, oh, okay. And then taught me typing. Um, and now I'm a writer. But like, I don't know if that would have, I don't know. It might have taken me, I probably still would have been a writer no matter what, because it's kind of who I am. But I think it would have taken me a longer time to get to that point. Um because I had that kind of stink in my brain of writing equals pain because it was two well, separate sure. things. Sure, yeah. sure. Let me say I could not be less surprised that you're left-handed. That just doesn't surprise <laughs> me at all. My sweetie is left-handed and he, I don't know if you do this, he notices like when we're watching a movie or TV, <laughs> he can't not. It's in. It's baked into his brain. And because he had the same situation as you where, like, people just weren't teaching him towards being left-handed. Mm -hmm. Because it, being left-handed has a lot to do with how your brain functions, mm -hmm. too, and what the communication between your right and left side is doing. And, you know, right-siders, right-handers, we don't necessarily learn the same way. We don't necessarily, you know, mm -hmm. and you're in the minority. And so he always notices. And, like, so often in... All the things that you that you hear are true. Like so often in politics, like if you're seeing a, like a line of politicians, like more yeah. of them are left handed than you would see in a normal population. And the same on camera. Like we were watching this 80s, like psychological thriller. It's like super, super 80s. Um, but it was Michael Mann who directed like Heat mm. and a bunch of other kind of uh, <laughs> he's really good at like moody, like bromance kind of like like. A man obsessed, like Al Pacino was obsessed with Robert De Niro's uh. character and he's gotta catch him before blah blah blah. Yeah. And there and so there were just a bunch of a bunch of character actors that are all brilliant in one room together, <laughs> like solving a problem. And I swear like four out of five were left handed yep. and Brandon was like, yes! <laughs> I know yes! I do that. This is what I'm talking I do about. that as well. I do that as well. Yeah. I think I think it was uh, <laughs> uh President Obama was signing something and I was like, ha, look! <laughs> like, I was like Yep. And people so right here, like, that is not something we notice. Yeah. And there's actually a friend of mine was like, sp that I'd spent a lot of time around was like, are you ambidextrous? And I was like, oh, I don't, I don't know. I do da da da, this and that. And like, we sort of had a conversation about it. And they were like, you may have been supposed to be left handed, oh. but it would, but you're one of those people mm. that just, it just got drilled in. Cause I hold my pencil super wrong and weird, even though it's in my right hand. Mm. Like, it sort of doesn't feel like, 
You know what I mean? That was it's my aunt. Those... Yeah, she gets confused because yeah. she they they put everything in her in her right hand. My yeah, yeah, yeah. grandfather, I think, had his knuckles wrapped, um, oh, like boy. like actually hit if he tried to use his yeah. left hand. Um, yeah, so it's like my entire because, family because on you side. have the devil in you if you. I do. Hey, the devil couldn't deal with me. Quoting my own song. Okay, uh, <laughs> <laughs> little little promotion for something that hasn't come out yet because that makes sense. Uh, we're going to talk about it. We're going to promote it, and who cares? People can catch up, and also Perfect. everyone listens to podcasts at their own pace. So That's who true. knows? Somebody yeah. could be listening to this, and something could have been out for six months. Yeah, they could be listening to it five years ago, uh, five years from now. It's like, oh, wasn't I great and wicked? No. You know, yeah, hey. and here's my message for that person. <laughs> five years? Why did it take you five years to listen to my podcast? Okay, I just wanted to get that. Yeah, how uh, dare you? That. Make a U-turn to five years ago if you are able, and please listen to my podcast soon. At your earliest convenience. <laughs> okay, we're going to take a break. I will be back after a word from our wonderful buddies at Maximum Fun. Hey, excuse me, everybody. I just uh, wanted to say a few words about the beautiful couple. I've known you two for a long time, and you get along like peanut butter and chocolate. Or, you know, like like uh, comedy and culture, like uh, Maximum Fun Podcasts. <laughs> Actually, they're having a block party from October 11th to October 22nd, and that's kind of like your party, right? You have a community of friends and family, and Max Fun has a community of shows and audiences that support them. You're having a new start with your life together, and Max Fun will be putting out new episodes that are especially welcoming to new audiences. So it's a great time to introduce your friends to your favorite show or jump into one you haven't tried Is before. He still talking about podcasts? And they're setting up a volunteer event where we can help out our local communities. Plus, Maximum Fun is going to have games, prizes, episode wrecks, so much other fun stuff. What's wrong with Kyle? Is he okay? Oh! (laughs) Anyways, anyways, sorry for getting carried away there. If it's alright with everybody here, let's all raise our glasses for a toast to the Max Fun Block (sighs) Party, which you can learn more about at MaximumFun.org slash Block Party, and don't forget to join in on October 11th. Actually, that... That sounds pretty cool. And so when were you taking UCB stuff? Oh, yes. I took that um, right on the heels of RADA. I went to RADA, I think it was 2016. I went to Michael Howard in 2016. I remember that because I was there for the election. Uh, And then I went right to (laughs) RADA that summer and... Came back, went to Michael Howard again. There was some Ireland stuff in there at the same time. And then right when I came back, because I was going to Patsy Rodenberg first before I went to Rada, because the reason I went was I had never done Shakespeare before. Yeah. All my learning was on the I job. Never... Okay, I'm sorry, but, you know, it is, we do need to, like, acknowledge, I mean, this idea of, like, all these years on this earth. And lo, these many years yeah. I had not ever performed Shakespeare. Yeah, I hear it. Yeah. <laughs> I hear it. I acknowledge it. Yeah. But listen, I mean, I was taking Shakespeare and performing Shakespeare in high school. So yeah. it actually totally makes sense. Yeah. Like, 
that's, you know, it's something that you can get teased about. But then when I backtrack, I'm like, wait a minute, I was playing puck when I was a freshman in high school. So the timing actually makes perfect sense. It's just the way you said it. Yeah. You know, know. it could it could suggest that you're 55 years old. That's what I'm saying. It could suggest that because you have so much experience doing all these other things. And yet you had not yet done Shakespeare yeah. back in the in old long, old days long when I was yeah. uh, when I was a wee thing uh, I say when I was little to my ballroom partner and he goes nope stop hold on met you in year 11 okay recalibrating continue like he's oh like, for sure now people tell me they grew up on Cora and I'm like what are you talking about someone we, we, said we both are adults there's no way yes. that's true and they're like I'm 20 and I'm like oh I was okay right. on Big Shot there was a PA named Sophia Martinez. Hi, girl. And shout out to Sophia. So, shout out to Sophia. And she literally said, she was like, I, hi, I love you. I watched you on Sophia the First. I grew up on your show. And I'm like, how old are you? And she was like, 19. I'm like, okay, <laughs> cool. <laughs> I'm like, all right. She might as well be like, we grew up on your show. I know. Um, <laughs> uh, what did you, so Wait, how you were did asking you feel about Shakespeare? Shakespeare. Oh, yeah, Shakespeare. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I adored it. You know, I, I kind of I I went right to like the hellmouth from lack of a better phrase because Patsy uh-huh. is like the Shakespeare whisperer and she terrifies people because she's so good um and kind of going I like had never even read Shakespeare all the way through before that and I like read them on the plane there like uh-huh. I was <laughs> flying by the seat of my pants um but when I went to Rada like it was the most fun like I just adored it. It was so much fun. I fell in love with the city also, but that's a different story. Um my first role I did was um Dogbury in a full in a full show. And it was Dogbury and we did it kind of our town style. We were all on the stage at the same time. And so I ended oh, up nice. being the um the the sound cues and the orchestrator for the entire show as well. We would to oh, wow. suggest that the because there was no lights or anything. So when the scene would turn over, I would be doing some sound cue or I was writing it for the others to do if I was in the scene or so on and so forth. So it was a blast. And I got like the best compliment of my career, which was the guy that ran the program said I was the second best dog bear he'd ever seen. And the first was a guy in his 50s at the RSC when I was at the time 17 and had three days of rehearsal. Oh, great. So I was like, thank you. Screw you, that guy. That's amazing. Yeah. Wait, bear with me. Is yeah. Dogberry from Midsummer Night's Dream? Uh, no, 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 I mean from uh, Much Ado About Nothing. Yes, it is. Okay. Uh, I, yeah. uh, in my head, I meant Much Ado, but yet but Midsummer, said Midsummer came popping came, out because I had to talk about Puck. Yeah. Um, Puck's great. Yeah. That is, uh, and then what's the age range? Like, are yeah. you with people your age when you're at RADA or are you, or no, is it across the board? that was a weird everybody's one. just kind of doing their thing. Yeah. yeah, it was kind of across the board. I think my group was predominantly a little bit younger, but um, we had people in their 50s who were there. Like, it was kind of, it was just, it, which was great. It was just a group of all students and I thought I was just. It was just really fun. Yeah, it, it wasn't like a, a normal college experience where it's like, hey, you're 18, welcome to school. It's like, no, we had people from all over the world and all ages and all backgrounds and stuff. So it was really, it was really cool. It was really fun. Yeah. Yeah. And then I came back and, and then, did UCB and went straight to improv from there. Okay. Yeah. So you so you really did. It was like a, it was a flip-flop from Shakespeare Complete. to improv. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Went Which, straight to improv. That's cool though, right? I mean, I bet that was... Was it jarring or was it, or was it jarring in a great way or was it kind of like weirdly like like fluent? Was there a fluency from one to the other in an unexpected way? I don't know if I if I felt any connection between the two. I definitely felt a, a 
a change in myself from Rada. I remember I was recording um, the song Who I Am in New York during a blizzard. I, that doesn't matter. It's just that's where I'm setting the scene in if my can, head. Yeah. If you, it listen, was if a you want to paint a picture for me, I'm never going to say no. I'm never <laughs> going to say no. Um, yeah. So we recorded that song over um, for, for Sophia the First over Zoom. Zoom wasn't a thing back then, Skype, uh, at Out Loud in New York. And I, well, the song itself is just an incredible song. I'd never heard a Disney princess say that she didn't feel like she was a good enough person. So already I was like, this is incredible. Yeah. But I had like just come back from RADA and done all that um, work and stuff. And it just felt like effortless uh, coming from RADA back into a role that I had already done for like four or five years. Um, yeah. I was like, okay, that's interesting. It's the same, but it's just kind of, it just came out. I don't have to think about it. Just boop, out it comes. Yeah. Uh, she takes off the tiara and I was like crying. Um, oh. But then going to improv, I, I had done improv when I was little. I was in a, a group that was a class and then a show right afterwards. Mm-hmm. And I had done that. I mean, that was short form. But so I was not entirely out of my depth with improv, although I had never done long form. I definitely felt like I didn't have my sea legs and I didn't feel like I was like all right I'm learning things but it didn't gel for me I was like this doesn't work and then I saw musical improv for the first time and I remember distinctly thinking to myself oh I'm on the wrong side of the stage and the moment I was able to take the musical improv class I did and I just kept doing the musical improv and ended up on their mess hall team um, for musical improv and we were one of the teams that was the first for the DCM and here in LA and stuff um once I did that. It was like, okay, I, I, I get it. <laughs> this is where I'm supposed to be, which scared me at first because the whole reason I was doing it was because I work with Wayne Brady on Sophia the First. And I was like, I should know, I should know one of the things that he's famous for doing. Yeah. But then I was like, but he's so good. Uh, he's so good. But yeah, yeah, the music side of it, I mean, to master that, I think is so great. That's such a, so it feels fun. like it's one of those like skills that only appears as magic to mm. anybody who hasn't really studied it or practiced it. Right. I mean, it's just even more so than regular short form or long yeah. form. When you start doing musical improv, people are like, I don't understand. What is this? Like, you've broken yeah. my brain. This is amazing. I think it kind so of cool. feels like magic, though, too, especially when you get it right. Like if you go, well, you kind of get in the flow, huh? Yeah. Like there is a sort of like you get out of your own way a bit. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, I remember. Like I remember getting surprised by myself too in improv. I remember there was a scene, in a, I think it was actually a class, unfortunately, not a show. But I was playing the duck that the goose that lays the golden egg, and the golden egg was being voiced by one of my friends on the back line, and I realized and like sassing me, like giving me you know, crap about whatever it was we were doing in the scene. And some way during the verse, I realized that if this was the same egg that was giving me like all this lip, that meant that it was the same egg. And so I just heard the words come out of my mouth that I said, I don't know what's worse, slaying the golden egg or shoving it back up again. And I was like, I was like, <laughs> I, this is just coming out. Oh, goodness. Um, that's so great, though. Yeah, that is. That's to me the most fun thing about improv is yeah. the constant surprise and delight is so worth the moments where you're like, I have nothing, or mm. I hope someone, one of my teammates rescues me, or I said a thing that I heard in my head literally split seconds before I said it, and it still doesn't sound like I thought it was going to sound when I very quickly heard it before I said You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, those moments are crazy, but so much it's so worth it for, for, those, for those moments where you're like... 
And also, and if you ever tape that stuff and you revisit it, like the memory of doing it is just gone. So it's also really fun because you can see yourself objectively and go like, that's really funny. And you sort of laugh at yourself and it doesn't feel like you're you're patting yourself on the back because it literally feels like it's someone else. Right. You're like, you're like, oh, she's funny. Oh my God, I did that. Wait, I said that. That's so cool. You know? I find I actually remember when it's the songs. Like, I don't... Oh, the, that I get. The, that I get. The, 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 the Goose one, I don't remember the melody for that one. But for all of the, like, the shows that I've done, I will find myself actually humming like the things like the first yeah. the first show I did with my two prov it takes two we, we would do um dating stories based on the audience's dating stories we would do the scenes uh, and the Love songs it. uh I with Ryan Harvey Piercy hi Ryan I'm just shouting everyone out shout um, out to Ryan they're actually all here I'm gonna parade them in at the end and they'll crowd this around is your me are all vaccinated yeah. <laughs> I remember like I'll still sing to the day I'm like that was a close one and there was like this bossa nova number and I still remember it for no reason like it's just it. in my brain um, well, you're a musician and you're a writer yeah. and, you know, it makes sense to me that that would gel and especially if it's catchy, you know, yeah. it's like, why wouldn't that, you know, I, especially if you're proud of it yeah. and it and it's I, it's great. It's great. I don't think I would have done musical uh, musical stand up, though, had it not been for improv or at least not as quickly. It had never occurred to me. I had written a song that I wasn't allowed to sing at my normal coffee house gigs because it was kind of too blue. Uh-huh. And I had already submitted my musical improv team for the Burbank Comedy Festival. And my mom was like, you should you should do that song. I was like, no, 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 I'm not. I'm not a stand up. It's not what I'm going to do. I'm not. No. And she, you know, talked me into it and I forgot about it. And then I got an email from Ken Pringle saying, hey, you know, I host the We Talk Funny show for the for the festival it's all voiceover actors doing stand-up and I put you on the show since you're a voiceover actor and it was and it ended up being my first show of stand-up ever I didn't do any open mics because I forgot that I was doing uh-huh. it <laughs> um I put a gift though properly oh yes absolutely until you're standing on stage and you know Jess Harnell is in the audience you're like hi Jess <laughs> like okay <laughs> oh voice of goofy I'm I'm opening up for the voice of goofy <laughs> Cool. Okay. Um, but I ended up winning the festival, though. But it was weird. It was like, I got heckled. It was fantastic. Um, oh, yeah. love a heckle. Oh, it was amazing. Love slash hate a heckle. Yeah, it is. Who heckled you? What'd they say? I don't know who it was because it was too dark. But I the song was called The Question. And the chorus is not too blue. So, is he gay or is he woke? Is this perfect guy just a cruel cosmic joke? I finally found someone who is never gonna mansplain. But is it a bad sign if he manscapes? So, you get to the, you know, the end of the song and repeat and fouler and fouler as it goes on. And then I just kind of stop and I ask the audience again, is he gay? And, And wait for them to do whatever and one guy just went is he here (laughs) and I didn't find out until afterwards because I was too dark I couldn't see but my aunt who's not my aunt you know friend aunt you know how it goes yeah and like my whole my whole crew is in the audience she turned to my barn partner and she said John and without missing a beat he tossed his hair crossed his legs and sat forward (laughs) like hello (laughs) I am here I I am here (laughs) (laughs) They were on it. Uh, that's a pretty decent heckle. Like, you know, I mean, it's at least it's like it's like that person who f- for some reason feels like they're adding something yeah. opposed to like the heckle that's just like you're too drunk and shitty yeah. and like, sh- you know, shut up. 
But like every once in a while you get one where it does feel like somebody's like, I'm helping, huh? <laughs> and you're like, oh, bless your heart. Sure. Yeah, you are. I think my favorite heckle was during the Fringe. I did I did six shows in the Fringe and one of them was my stand-up. And it was some some joke in one of the songs. I just heard from the background, ha, <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> it's like, um, should hope so. You're louder than you think you are. <laughs> It's like, it's not yeah. nice to be surprised, man. Like, you're yeah. at a comedy show. <laughs> yeah, don't be shocked, dude. Yeah. Don't be shocked. Thank you. Um, What were you, what did you have time for that was just kind of for you? Because you, mm. when you're, when you're as young as you were when yeah. you started, and yet it was something that you're passionate about, and it's artistic and creative, you know, you're scratching a lot of itches, even just like by virtue of getting up and going to work yeah. every day. Um, were there things that you kind of set aside outside of that? Not that you have to or not, but was there stuff that, you know, was like, well, I'm, I love reading books. That's just for me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, oddly enough, yes and no, because all of my side interests are starting to then dovetail back into my career, which is yeah. which is not something I'm mad about because it's like this is what I like. Um, for sure. I learned, I guess the only thing that was completely separate was crocheting. I would crochet stuffed animals. And I learned that on set from uh, my hair, my hair lady um, on Ghost Whisperer. And I would just crochet during work days to pass the time. And for a long time, you know, writing music was something that was just for me. Um, I wasn't, you know, a, like a songwriter for somebody else until Big Shot. Um, and then languages i love learning languages and then i ended up speaking irish and sophia the first it kind of all comes comes back together and sometimes on purpose in the case of big shot i, I kind of forced that one uh-huh. um, good for you yeah yeah i was like all right i think she should write a song for me and this is what i think it should be here's the song <laughs> fantastic <laughs> yeah yeah you know what you want um what about chinese or is that something that you're still like keeping up with yeah I mean, that blows me away that's so fantastic like people i know who speak uh chinese or japanese or korean things that and and who weren't raised with it mm. in within their family or who weren't born there um there's such beautiful languages and also so you know just harder to get hold yeah. of with your brain than a romantic language or mm. latin but you know what i mean yeah or germanic i kind of like learn languages in bits and spurts is probably not the best way to do it um so i have to get back to chinese but um I, I like, I, my teacher or not my teacher, cause I learned online, but Lily, my math teacher, she was from Taiwan. So I know a lot of, I say a lot of phrases that are like Thai, Taiwan Mandarin, um, not Taiwanese yeah. cause that's different, but, um, the Mandarin they speak in Taiwan, which is kind of fun then. Cause I'll, I'll see someone and I'll be like Mandarin. And there's that weird question for the second there. They're like, Oh God, the white lady's being racist. And I'm like, Oh no. <laughs> like, <laughs> And then, you know, we... I come from a place of some knowledge I'm and sorry. Mo- much respect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I'll say I'll say something and I'll say it like, uh, they'll be like, oh, you speak Chinese? And I'll go, Etienne Dian. And they go, oh, like, what? That's not... Because it's like EDR if you're in mainland or it's Etienne Dian if you're in Taiwan. So wow. that's that's fun. Um, yeah, I just like... I, I think I know pleasantries in a lot more languages than I know, um, like, can do full-on conversations. And with Chinese, I definitely speak better than I understand like, I'm still getting used to the pace. Um, yeah. But ASL is probably the one I'm the most fluent in, uh, other oh, than English. That's great. Um, yeah. yeah. That's fantastic. <laughs> 
How much uh, you mentioned going to uh, Ireland mm. and and obviously the places that you've schooled and yeah. stuff like that. Have you been out into the world beyond that in terms of like you know getting to Asia yet or no? You're gonna if you say to me like, you're like I and my whole life. My whole long life, I still hadn't been to Asia. And so finally, <laughs> I was like, before I years. die, I've got to get there. So I did go when I was 22. <laughs> uh, you know, no, I most of my, you know, because I was mostly on shows growing up. So when I would be on hiatus, I would be going to visit family on the East Coast. And so it was Massachusetts, New York, um, just kind of popping back and forth to see family. And the first time I left the country was when I was going to conservatory and I was um, I was accepted to the um, a lot of different schools over there, and I was going to go. Um, ended up just going to the RADA, um, but one of them was the Lear, uh, which is partnered with RADA and part of Trinity, which is why I was in Ireland, uh, which makes me a very, very bad Irish person because I am an Irish citizen, and that was the first time I had gone there. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I still haven't been to Ackle Island, where my family is from primarily, so I'm, oh, cool. yeah, but... I'll get there. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. So do you have, do you have like how far back when you say a family from there, is that like living relatives mm. who are from there who, and then, yeah, that's so great. Yeah. My, my cousin is, I think the Island historian, if, if I'm getting her title correct, I'm not sure. Yeah. If she's not, she's just very knowledgeable. She's the aunt at the table. Who's like, all right, this is what you need to know. <laughs> like, mm, So either so she awesome. actually does that for a job or she just knows everything. But right. Hi, right. <laughs> Again, shout out to Sheila. This was that was actually a very expensive plane trip for me yeah. uh, to have to facilitate. Yeah, so yeah. everybody from any place east of here, very expensive. Very expensive. Uh, but you're welcome. Especially um, the quarantine period. Oof. It has been very rough. It has been very rough. Um, wait, I, I had uh, something on the tip of my tongue. The tip of my tongue. Here it comes. It's here. I've got it. Oh, I was <laughs> so the most rudimentary question ever. <laughs> Two brothers and sisters. So, what is your name? Oh, <laughs> almost, almost, almost as bad as what is your name? I do, I do not have brothers and sisters. I uh, a going joke in my uh, fr- uh, family, friend family, is that I had a twin named Marcy who I ate in the womb. So okay, very often a refrain from my friend Amber will be, oh, Marcy, poor Marcy. Um, I do have a, a bird. I have two birds, but I have a yellow-naped Amazon named Greenbird, okay. who is probably 45 now. Okay. And he was here before I was born. And he, for the longest time, didn't understand because he outlived every boyfriend and pet that my mom ever had. And didn't uh-huh. understand why my dad and I have not left yet. Now I'm the age. That's what they say. I mean, listen, yeah. all you're doing is continuing the legend that is <laughs> that is like birds that are in love with their owners oh, yeah. and who live forever. And yeah, I well, get it. Well, now apparently I remind him of her when she first got him. So now he's like in love with me, which is really creepy when I'm doing oh, yoga. He just stares sure. at me. <laughs> uh, it's, it's wrong. It's like, have you ever been catcalled by a parrot? It doesn't. It's not right. Um but he he swears, he sings opera, he loves Judy Garland and Motown, and he critiques my songwriting. Oh, uh, okay. What does he say about your songwriting? If he doesn't like it or if it's not any good, he doesn't sing. If it's okay. good, the moment I'm writing it, it's like, you don't know the words. I haven't finished writing yeah. the words yet. He starts to sing. And he's like always on key. 
I was I was playing one of I there was this one song that was full orchestration and because it was full orchestration I couldn't play it live because I you know have only two arms I'm still I'm, I'm working on that you know I'm gonna get the surgery eventually for the extra extra digits uh, well listen <laughs> at least I mean you know your twin your twin should have donated those arms you could add four arms I know Marcy, come, on, come on Marcy you're slacking uh, so I was I was playing it back on the computer to see if everything was shaping up the way I heard it in my head and he started singing counterpoint melodies and mind you there's already there was already like seven different counterpoint melodies going on in the thing itself because it was a uh, just an instrumental piece an overture and he starts singing this counterpoint that was nothing to do with anything I wrote just his own melody that he thought hmm this goes here and put, sang it on top I thought it was hilarious I recorded him I showed it to my yeah. mom like isn't this hilarious and at the exact same moment he did the harmony again live. He was like, "Oh, I heard my cue," and then he did it again, and he was in perfect time with himself. I that is it was extraordinary. It was astonishing. I mean, I that's yeah, because I've read a little about there's I read this really cool book about kind of it was it was when I was in college and I was taking a a, a course called Ethics and the Law, mm. and I read this book about this sort of like the autonomy of animals mm-hmm. like the sort of the arguments that have been made in the past by i mean in some cases like animal protection extremists all the way up to you know just the smallest little the thing the copyright of, like, of the photo that the that the monkey took who owns that's the copyright that's exactly yeah. right that's exactly right that's a great example and and african gray parrots are a huge part of that book and mm. just sort of talking about how close to like sort of mirror self awareness like soul what we would define as a soul and opinions and all that kind of stuff like that is it that just is so fascinating to me and I feel like you know I've said this on the podcast before my friends who have had birds uh most of them it was something like that whether it was the same bird or whether it was a bird that like oh we grew up with birds Mm -hmm. so let's get you know Darcy Rose a bird in this case it sounds like at least one of them we know lived before you were alive um but that's like not something that you think to do if you didn't already grow up with birds if you don't know birds like most of the time i don't think as a just a me person who's had dogs and cats that i would be like it's time for me to get my parrot (laughs) do you know what i mean i don't know but so i feel like i've missed out on Mm. the sort of understanding the intellect of of parrots and of of smart birds yeah well because it's so fascinating yeah it's definitely a different perspective like i it's it's kind of funny like i when i see a, a big parrot i absolutely adore them i i sing with them i talk with them i especially if i know who they are like if there was like a bird store we'd always go to and i would know that bird and i would come and and chat with them again um but i'm not going to be the person who's putting my hand out like hey come on my arm because like i've grown up with a parrot and i know (laughs) i see the scars on my mom's hand i'm good like i got it i'm gonna sit next to you and we're gonna watch cartoons together because you really really like the fairly odd parents but like that's (laughs) that's where we're gonna be my love bird he like he'll be anywhere like i'll I'll pet with him all day because like i know his i know his brain space i i see where he is but the parrot i'm like all right. He oh, he will bite anyone. Uh, the the vet, oh, I remember at one point, said came out and he said, I didn't know they could turn their heads all the way around. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Yeah. And how do the, and I want to get into this MASH game with you, and then Ooh. we're going to talk about your project. Well, there's so many, but um, uh, <laughs> the, it's certainly the music. I'm going to have, I want to have you basically sort of tell people 
what they need to be checking out and stuff sure. while I'm calculating the results of this uh, alternate universe Smash World. Um, <gasps> okay. But my last question yes. about the birds is, do they have a relationship to one another? Yes, actually. Um, the the little bird seems to know the exact frequency to screech to hurt your ears. Uh-huh. And it pisses Greenbird off. <laughs> and he doesn't always... So, like... A misconception with parrots is they go, oh, they're just parroting you. They're just copying what you're saying. He might not right. always know what the actual word means, like the etymology of the word, but he knows what it yeah. means. And he also totally. has his own vocabulary. Like there was, they had a dog that would he would rip up the trash and they'd say, "Go lie down" when he was being bad. And so now, if he if you're being bad or he doesn't like you, he'll say, "Go lie down," because that's oh. that's his f off. He also says f off, yeah. but that's a whole other. St- subject he grew up in new york and boston and jersey so i respect it yeah I respect right it. um but he the lovebird for the longest time wanted to be best friends with greenbird and greenbird was like i will eat you you are a snack <laughs> but then i remember there was something going on i can't remember why i think the the little bird had to go get his nails trimmed or something and greenbird was then alone in the house and he was like looking for him he was like okay i'm sad now I was like, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Like, we have to FaceTime with the birds. Don't know what you got until it's gone, exactly. eh, Green Bird? Like, when, mm-hmm. when I was in London, my dad would FaceTime my mom, and she'd be like, okay, put the birds on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because he would want to talk to us on the phone. He loves talking sure. on the phone, and he'd see our faces. He's like, hi, hi, I'm a bird. <laughs> hi, 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 <laughs> Yeah. Ugh, I'm I'm like fairly envious of this of the green bird situation. Do you want him? And I mean, I really don't. But <sighs> I darn <am> very. <laughs> Let me stay envious, would you? <laughs> Do me a favor. Just stop. We're gonna stop the conversation there. I'm envious. <laughs> Full stop. Period. Can you imagine if I was like you just dropped him off and I was like I don't I was doing my podcast. It's hard to explain, but I did say I was envious. Well, this Hi, is Greenberg. this is why I'm in the whisper room because he's right out there. And if I was just recording like regular in the living room, he'd yeah. be like, "Hi, hi, I'm a I'm oh. a pretty bird. Hi, way up high." Of course, he won't yeah. sing the song "Way Up High" that I wrote for him, so he'd know the words. But he'll just sing that I, one phrase. I'm starting to feel like you. I know he's not a sibling, but I'm kind of feeling like you have more siblings than I do because you have. Greenberg. He would laugh and make fun of me when I would cry when I was a toddler. Oh. And then I would say, shut up, Greenbird. And he'd go, shut up, Greenbird. <laughs> yeah. Wait, you did. You had a big brother. Mm-hmm. You were yeah. allowed to say you had a big brother growing up. You were 100% allowed to say you had a big brother growing up. But that whole dropping off the bird thing, that actually happened for real. Like to, like to, my, like, to my grandmother. Go ahead and it, it, yeah, she, she was supposed to watch the bird for like a week or, or maybe a month oh, or something while he was out of town. And then he gets a call. He's like, yeah, we're not coming back. Bye. And <laughs> just left the bird with no. her. Yep. Apparently he, he should was, be a sh- he was horrible. Listen, he's he was a horrible bird. Yeah, Greenbird probably if that's he's holding on to that. He's he's got his abandonment issues from way back when, way back when. No, she's had he him remembers. since he was he was a baby. But he's outlived oh. every other parrot that she had. Yeah, like there's I think one parrot is in a, in, a, in a zoo somewhere. Like he's like I'm the last one standing. What you got? Give me everything. Yeah. Come on, bring it on, bring, bring it, it on. on, bring it on. Uh, yeah. Green bird. I may have to meet him, but not have him drop off. Okay, okay. <laughs> let's do this mash game. Let's do this mash game. Uh, major technicality. Very key for me. Technicality. Okay. Uh, first category for our mash. Have you played mash before? Uh, homeschool. Totally fine if you have. <laughs> uh, homeschooled. Yes, understood. 
Uh, you never know. It creeps in. It, it sort of creeps in sometimes. I think maybe once, um, but I couldn't, I couldn't remember okay. what it is. Well, this is easy because this is just off the cuff. It's essentially improv. The hardest thing Ooh. is just like, let it be the mood you're in now. Don't worry about like making a lifetime commitment, even though I'm telling you that this is your alternate universe life. Okay. Uh, first category I'm going to do is three people who... I, listen, maybe they're not around anymore. I, I wouldn't put it past you to, to make anything happen. So, <laughs> I, I'm so I'm trying to make it more fantasy in the sense of, like, the chances are you will not be able to collaborate with yeah. this person, possibly because they're dead mm-hmm. or maybe they don't exist. Okay. Um, like, they're a character in something. But three people that you would love to collaborate on something with in this alternate universe. Okay. Uh, Dorothy Parker. Yeah. See, you get how this is done. Fantastic. Schwartz. Dorothy P. Schwartz, because I grew up on Wicked, and I think that probably really influenced my music style. Right. Um, and the third person, I'm going to say uh, Aaron Sorkin, because I have watched Newsroom probably four times during the pandemic, and I probably will watch it another four times. Yeah. I mean, that one seems like it's beyond plausible that that will end up happening. So Shout out to Aaron Sorkin. Happens, <laughs> since we're doing shout the out to Aaron. Aaron. Aaron, chill out. Okay, you're not any more important than anyone else we shouted out. You're not going to come in first. All right. Uh, next category, let's do three foods, yeah. snacks, whatever, uh, that you would love to have at the snap of your finger in perpetuity. doesn't mean it's the only thing you're Oof. eating, but we're removing allergies. We're removing calories. We're removing, oh. uh, like, ecological issues. Yeah. This is all magical land, and you can have it, and you can just have it like that. Okay. Free. Uh, sushi and boba, because I basically lived off of that at Rada. It was Great. really close to where I lived, and I would just have that every day. Um, hmm, let's see. I think chocolate. Great. And yes, indeed. Yeah, just chocolate. Um, I'll say I'll say ice cream with chocolate. Let's let's okay. do that. Let's. This is very clever. You've already given a two answer in one answer, and now you've given another two answer in one answer. I did. I hadn't noticed. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, really smart. Um, I'm going to say my mom's chili pasta. Okay. Uh, with right. a egg cream. Mm. Listen, you're the only person who's been like, I'm. No, this is a, that comes as a set, so <laughs> you I can't separate them. And of course, you Fantastic. have to have your your before meal coffee and your after meal tea. Of course, it's just Naturally. that's just part of the you know decorum. Naturally. Yeah, you're gonna have. You, listen, it's built. It's absolutely built in. Don't worry about that. Okay, okay. Okay, just next one. Let's do romance. Mm-hmm. Three people that you would love, and this can be any any age, any era. Um, Characters from a book, okay. characters from a cartoon, doesn't matter. Three that you would like to have a little romance with okay. in this alternate universe. Um, the Doctor from Doctor Who. Which one? The current? I don't know. I'll, I'll just say The Doctor. I mean, it is it's, it's true all that, of It's all of them. So just The I mean, Doctor. Listen, then you really get your pick of who, what corporeal form yeah, they take. Just, just depending okay, on great. what day. You uh, just did it again. You just <laughs> did it again. You just egg creamed and chili pasted me. You just gave me, like, a bunch of people. You gave me more than 10 people. Look, I'm Schrodinger's guest. I'm going to give you multiple options, and we'll just see which smart. one comes true. And She's so, smart, smart, this one. Wicked smart. Uh, I was married to Spider-Man when I was three, so I Great. should probably give it up to him. And Great. I'm just going to do a repeat and say Dorothy Parker, because the wit. Okay. Right. Yeah. Ray Pierre and Razor Sharp. Mm-hmm. Dorothy Parker. Great. Okay. Next category. Let's do, 
let's do three places in the world that you would love to visit. Um, and if you want, you can put, because I know that you are a good ad honor. That has been very much proven only in three categories. It could be like a trip for a purpose. So okay. it's not just going to New Zealand. It's mm-hmm. going to New Zealand to shoot something in Hobbiton or whatever. Right. Okay. Um, work or pleasure. Three places. Okay. Uh, I'd like to go to London to play the doctor. Uh, or or uh, Mary and John's child, if they if they redo uh, Sherlock and set it in the future, and I can be the daughter. Uh, that's I'm not letting those be. Those aren't. That's not. Aww. I'm not picking them. All right. Yeah. Fine. If you want to, if you want Mary and John's child, then that is a that is number two. Okay, I'm gonna go with. Oh. Okay, I'll go with that one because I think I got like a long time to make the Doctor Who one happen. Okay. Okay. Great. Yeah. Plus, I'm wearing a Doctor Who shirt, so I'm gonna balance it out. Um, okay. Great. And then I want to, uh, <laughs> you know, my my math teacher Lily wanted me to go to um, China to do a singing competition, and I think that would actually be really fun. Amazing! So I'll do that. Great. And Great. then uh, I want to go to Ackle to rebuild my family's lighthouse that got torn down. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. Okay. Next category, three movies that you can jump into and you're just hanging in that world. You're not reliving the plot. You don't have to be a character in it. It's just all these people, all these characters are all this, this the whole place is available to me to just hang out in. Three. Oh, okay. Um, I'm going to say What's Up, Doc. Okay. And hmm, something sci-fi. I got I to gotta do something sci-fi. Uh, I'm going to say... One of the Doctor Who specials, because then it can be great anywhere, and um, any anything Star Trek, any great. Star Trek universe. I want to explore great. the stars. Yeah, meet okay, different great. people, different species. Fantastic. Okay, great. All right, uh, next category. Let's do three. <laughs> let's do three <laughs> oh, songs. That you, I know in this reality, like perhaps someone else wrote and recorded them, but in this alternate universe, you get to take credit for them. So, yes. you like, oh, you, oh, I'm sorry. Is that, was that a Katy Perry in this world? Or I'm sorry, was that a Babs? Was that, although I don't know if she wrote, did Barbara Streisand write any of her own music? I guess not. I believe she co-wrote a lot of stuff. Did um, she? Okay. I think so, yeah. Um, okay. But shout out to Babs. She's also shout here, of course. Oh my God, I love you. Eunice, there's a person named Eunice. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I have seen What's Up Doc too much. Uh, there's no such thing. Um, see etiquette. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm just gonna keep crying. It's a great time. movie. <laughs> I'm just so glad I you mean, seen she's it. She's very special. She's very special. Uh, okay, so songs I take credit for: um, "Everything" by Rupert Holmes from Babs, A Star Is Born, because that was given to me by many different people as like an audition song. They're like, "This is your personality. Here is your song." Great. Yeah. Um, there's a current, there's a, a recent one that I heard that I, when I hear really good writing of songs, I, I get pissed off that I didn't write it. So, sure. um, that's, Oh, a, I picked the perfect category for you. Oh, I'm very glad. 100%. I'm very smug. Great. Uh, there's a pink song I, um, called that's all I know so far. Okay. Where it's, uh, you throw your head back and spit in the wind, let the walls crack cause it lets the light in. I'm like, that's just a great little, I love that nugget right there. No, um, that's great. And I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna do my my multiple answer again thing, and say I'll consider it into the woods. All right, accepted. And wicked. How dare you? <laughs> You're already. <sighs> it's a double feature, but with theater. This is 
unheard of. This is unprecedented, and I am going to allow it. I can't believe I'm allowing it. Okay. Next category, three skills that you maybe haven't cultivated (laughs) in this reality. I don't even know what those are or what's left. But um, three skills that... You know, it could be like, I, I would love to know how to write code or, you know, Ooh, take a car fun. apart and put it back together. Um, three skills that in this reality you have not cultivated yet, but it would be great if you could just sort of be an expert at I would them love to know way. how to whistle. I do the whistle register, but I can't for the life of me whistle. It's it's okay. very sad. It just seems like I'm spitting at people when I try to whistle. <laughs> it's not it's not good. Um, okay. I would, that's, that's surprising. Are people surprised? You that seems like something that would be sort of part of the. It rarely the comes o, up. The oeuvre. Yeah. <laughs> it rarely comes up. I think there was one, one call out in a spirit riding freak where they wanted me to whistle, and I was like, "Yeah, can I just go yahoo?" And they're like, "That's fine. That works. That's fine." I'm like, "Cool." Um, Whistler, I love it. Yeah, I love to whistle. Uh, I'm learning to write with my right hand, so that's that's something I am working on. So never mind, scratch that one. Um, scratch it. I would love to know how to cook without screaming at fire. That'd be great. Um, great. And I'm gonna do another slash riding a bike slash driving. I have driven before. I've never gotten my license because I went to London first and then kind of forgot. But I do yeah. not know how to ride a bike at all. Okay. Yeah. All right. We can make those happen. But maybe in this alternate universe, you'll already be an expert. That'd be great. Uh, and then final category for thee. Yes. What do I want to do for you? Let's do a vacation home. Woo! Let's do a vacation home, a place you've been, and we can kind of teleport you there. So you're just going to – you don't have to worry about, like, how do I get there? Ooh, okay. Um, I would think Paris, I think, great. would be a nice – yeah, something in Europe because everything is so close together. You can just know, do so a day cool. trip. Um, yeah. And I'm not going to say Ackle because that's we've already covered Ackle. That's um, true. We've covered it. Yeah, I would. I would love to have a like a a B and B that's like also a recording studio, and then just be like, all right, I'll just pop into my studio. Just yeah. give me a second. <laughs> That'd be great. This can happen. I mean, this can happen. Eventually, we'll see. That'd be great. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we're, I'm going to have a huge B&B recording studio in the center of Paris. Great. That's, Great. that's your fantasy right there. Great. Give me two two more places. Oh, two more. Yay. Um, yeah. Then I will say, um, I'm going to say Montreal. Um, no, no, I'll say Quebec because that's where my family's from. Nice. Um, Other side? Yes. Yes. I guess that's a really obvious yeah. question. Well, you never know. You could mm-hmm. be like, my grandmother's side hails from... Yeah. Because once you start splitting up the genealogy, you never know. No, but... yeah. I, I'm I'm a little bit of a mutt. I'm from everywhere. And I, I have different genealogies like from both sides. Like on both sides, I'm Irish, but more on one side. And then my mom's side is yeah. like, I'm super Parisian and super um, Quebecios and then uh, Quebecois and Native American. Although we still don't know, know which tribe because they had to lie about it. Um, hopefully oh, I'll boy, find out. Yeah. yeah. I want to find out eventually because I really want to learn my language so that'd be great that'd be so much fun absolutely and then uh third place Ooh, um i want to go somewhere i can dance i think maybe maybe like mexico or brazil i think okay great yeah which one i'm gonna say brazil (laughs) i'll say brazil yeah because we're close to mexico so True, We're right, true. Right there. Yeah, don't waste your wish. This would be great. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, give me a number between one and seven. Uh, six. Okay, great. 
All right. While I do this, will you please tell our lovely listeners where they should be going to check out various and sundry projects of yours up to and including music? Sure. Uh, Big Shot season one is all on Disney+. Plus. I play Harper on that. I also wrote some songs for the show. I wrote the Beth Macbeth musical in 109, and I wrote the song Everything to Me. Uh, which is in episode 108 called Everything to Me. It was the first queer love song on Disney and the first uh, queer kiss on Disney. Love um, it. Very happy I got to not only write that, but be but be one half of that um, partnership. Yes. That was really special. Uh, that was That's on amazing. June 4th, started Pride Month off right. Yes. Uh, got some voiceover stuff I can't talk about just yet. I'll probably see y'all at Comic-Con in 2022. Excellent. Uh, let's see. What else? Uh, Sophia the First, you can still watch. Legend of Korra, of course. Uh, and then my music, uh, I'm not releasing anything on my own just yet. Got I'm it. working on some pitches. Uh, we'll see what goes on with that. Uh, some sync meetings. Spirit Riding Free, you can go watch as well, Maricela. Uh, just, yeah, you go watch things, binge all the, all the <laughs> yeah. fun stuff, and I'm just going to record my... my almost 300 songs in here and I'll release them eventually fantastic fantastic Um, that's a lot of songs that's fantastic okay Uh, I am I think you'd be very pleased with the outcome of your MASH alternate universe 100% guaranteed life Uh, you have a beautiful and listen you set this up you knew it was going to have to be big because it was going to be an air an Airbnb hello (laughs) it was going to be a BNB and a uh, and a music studio, Ooh. recording studio, in the middle of Paris. <gasps> it is a mansion. Oh. Mansion, apartment, shack, house. You got mansions. So, Bigger is better. Uh, the fates were looking out for you. Paris, it is, with your beautiful B&B recording studio. Uh, you also have the ability to jump into any of the Star Treks. <gasps> so that's some unlimited space yes. adventure happening there. Uh, you are just a quick plane or train, preferably train, I guess, ride away uh, through the channel uh, over to London to be Mary and John Watson's daughter. They're in London. Uh, You have, and I know, listen, that you've already, you've got your 300 songs. You can just (laughs) tack one more on that because you are responsible. 301 is everything by Rupert Helms. (gasps) No, not by Rupert Helms. By you. Oh, so sorry, that Rupert. belongs to you. Sorry, Rupert. Sorry. Um, you also have a collaboration happening with Mrs. Dorothy Parker. <gasps> yeah. Fabulous. Uh, I hope that you're uh, because you also put her in as a possible companion. And speaking of companion, I hope the doctor isn't too jealous mm. about your collaboration with Dorothy P. Uh, and all of this can happen as you are. I like to imagine you eating sushi and having boba while also riding a bike. <laughs> And driving. And I don't know how that's going to work, but you are going to have more than f- two arms. So that's true. It's possible that, you know, somehow this is all happening all at once. Marcy putting in her um, fair share. Yeah. Making it that's happen. right. That's right. 
So that is a lot going on. Mm. I don't think I missed anything that is uh, very replete with exciting stuff, alternate universe world, uh, but not so much more interesting than the one that you already have because you have a lot going on here, which is uh, very, very fabulous. Um, This was so fun. I'm so glad we got a chance to catch up and I got to know you so much better. This is great. It was so much fun. It was so much fun. I hope we get to see each other in in the flesh. There's just no way to say that without it sounding creepy. That's Um, true, but... We'll, we'll go with yeah. it. We'll go with it. But I do, I do hope so, or, and ha- and do a comedy show together or something that could be that wild would be so and so much fun. fun. Um, excellent. Everybody else, thank you so much for listening. I will talk to you next time on the podcast. Bye. The show is recorded by me and edited by Julian Burrell. And as always, the JV Club theme song is "Back Before We Were Brittle" by the amazing Say Hi. Save kittens from trees Or lunch on skyscrapers Bring the villains to their knees Maybe we should Maximumfun.org Comedy and culture Artist owned Audience supported